For some of us, being on the road is a rare adventure. For others, being in the shop is just as rare. What do you actually do in the shop? Just count pins and key blanks from the 80s? Whether or not you have a storefront will give you the insight on being inside all day. I'm Jeff Moss, along with Tim Coleman and Tyler J. Thomas. This is The Three Tumblers. There's a lot of things a shopsmith like me does all day, every day, so let me share some of that with you. So yes, some of it is counting pins and dusting key blanks. The majority of it is, you know, helping customers. We have people that come in, residential, commercial, institutional people, whether they know what they need or they don't. You know, some customers, it takes two minutes to figure out and they're on their way. Some people, you gotta figure out exactly every little detail you know, if it's something that you can even do. So, you know, first and foremost, it's customer service. You know, people come to us when something is wrong. They're not usually, uh, I shouldn't say that. Some people come to us when something is wrong. Other people, you know, on the more on the commercial side, hey, we're expanding, we're adding doors, we're doing this, we need more stuff. So not everybody comes to us when it's only for something bad. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, trying to understand what the customer really wants, letting them explain it in their own terminology, and then figuring out, okay, what is it in our parlance? You know, the whole regular lock thing. You know, yeah, we joke about it, but realistically, when somebody says, I have a regular lock, it's probably going to be a quick set on a wood door, but it not necessarily. Um you know, the commercial stuff is a lot more nuanced. There's a lot more things you have to be aware of. Um, you know, when they just hand you their master key and say, I want 12 locks and this is the master key, make it work. Well, I'm going to make a system to make it easier for me the next time. And, you know, so there's stuff that we have to do, you know, on like the administrative side for the for more of the commercial stuff that you wouldn't have to do with the residential so that that does take time you know documentation figuring out uh when you have you know retail chain customers and things and you know you have the paperwork for each store and you got to make sure that everything is done properly so it isn't just you know standing around doing nothing there's stuff that takes time and it has to be done right especially because you have multiple people working on things um and what if you're off and you worked on something goofy you did something goofy to make this work and nobody else knows about it and the customer comes in and their stuff isn't working when you sell them three more locks so you know that's a big part of it and i that's why you know all of tyler's file cabinets and stuff are very important i guess the other point is you know there are some times where it's pretty quiet but i try to find stuff to do whether it's organizing cleaning throwing stuff away which no locksmith likes to do um looking through old catalogs, figuring out how stuff used to work. Scrolling Reddit. Yeah, scrolling Reddit, going to the bathroom, eating snacks, uh, texting you guys. So what are your thoughts? Because I know, Tyler, you've been in the shop. Tim, you know, sometimes you are in the shop, but not as much. Well, I'm in the shop full-time now, but unlike you, we don't have very much in the form of walk-in traffic, thank God, because I really don't like it because it usually always without fail interrupts something I'm doing. Um, but, you know, the walk-in traffic that comes 
often is repeat. So it's not like I'm dealing with what you're having to deal where they're saying, well, why is it this much? Or can you do it cheaper? Or can you do it this way? They, they usually know the program, which makes my life easier. Yeah, I don't, I don't envy you. I've been in your position before, especially when I was an apprentice and the shop woman was sick or was off for vacation. I didn't like that because people would always come in with oddball keys and she had her system and racks and racks of keys and I didn't know where shit was. Actually, I was so bad at it. She made me a list of the 50 most popular blanks and I learned where they were. Uh, <laughs> but when people came in, they never had those 50 most popular ones. They had the rest and that shit sucked. Yeah. Right. Like all of the commercial stuff we have, Oregon, commercial residential is all organized alphabetically, but the foreign automotive, you know, when it started, it was just by the X numbers. And now it's sort of by, you know, where the vehicle was made, but there's stuff that, you know, you can only fit so many <laughs> when you start with 50 and then you add 50 more and you got, you know, hooks in between other hooks and trying to find where things are, you know, that stuff. Our key room is uh, organized by Ilco, like whatever the Ilco key Bible has it listed as. We we go by that. So it's alphabetically and then by Ilco number. Um, so it, that's okay until you get one of those oddball keys and it's like in three different places, but it's, it's the uh, same blank. So you have to look here, here, or here. And we have them grouped by, you know, traditional lock and then automotive and then motorcycle and then oddball. And uh, yeah, so and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't have an Elko number. So that doesn't always work. Like all the blue dog, you know, keys, things that are pre-made and heavy equipment. Like if Elko doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, honestly, I referred out this past week i've referred at least three customers to easy keys because mm -hmm. they're local to us they're in charlotte and i said hey go on their website email them a picture of this key and say hey can you help me out mm -hmm. are you a are you a customer with easy keys not to get off yeah actually we have bought uh some stuff from easy keys um just because it was quicker and just as cost effective uh, to go online and order. And actually we went there and I think I texted you guys uh, the day that I went there uh, with Jason and cause we had to get a uh, core and keys for a filing cabinet for a bank. And cool. yeah, they, they hooked us right up. I mean, they were, they were awesome about it too. And it's, you, it's amazing. Didn't yeah, you we, say you looked in there and it was like five or six people just in front of key machines making shit. I at least I mean there were like three people just stamping keys with numbers so it's like Tyler's shop but just for file cabinets yeah we order from them pretty often and they're they're usually pretty good if it's stuff that we don't have in our codes or like you said file cap actually don't it, it's we order more from them for you know plugs and locks than the actual keys because most stuff we can make yeah and a lot of people who come into the shop uh that have like an oddball stamped key or something like that, that, you know, we don't have a blank, we can make work for it. We send them to them uh, just because it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not worth our time and money, frankly, uh, to try to hunt that down or to go to easy keys and say, Hey, does this work? And and then go back and forth and be the middleman between the customer. Yeah. I mean, we still have all the weird old pre-cut luggage keys and, 
you know, a lot of bit keys and stuff, but most of that pretty much collects dust. I mean, we do have a whole hook for Samsonite and a couple uh, John Deere stamped keys. Yeah, that stuff's pretty common. People are always losing their lawnmower keys and snowblowers. We also the uh, paper towel dispensers. There's about half a dozen of those for all those different things. So yeah, I mean, it you can, you know, people like to see the big wall of keys, and you know, it shows them that we have a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, they send their friends as it is. So that's enough about me and what I do all day, Tim. Let's hear about what happens when the road guy has to be in the shop. After the third half of our show, we're going to give you a tease of what's to come next time. So stay tuned for that and more. Man, I wish every day I was in the shop, said no roadsmith ever. Although sometimes it's great to have a day off your wheels and guaranteed air conditioning all the time. Is it where I'd like to be all day, every day? Hell no. But I do enjoy and make the most out of it when I get the chance. Hell yeah. You know, coming off the road sometimes is is pretty awesome. I mean, you get to... Uh, you don't have to drive around. You can brown bag your lunch successfully without a cooler, not have to worry about ice or whatever, or finding a microwave. But most of all, you're you're just kind of in there and you can kind of chill sometimes, at least in our shop. I was just telling you guys in the break where uh, just the other day I was in the shop all day and I it wasn't that horribly busy. I got caught up on my emails, the phone calls. Uh, prepped for a few jobs coming up and in the spaces in between i i I was texting you guys i mean you know tyler and jeff you guys are are inside all the time um you know tyler i know you used to be out on the road but whenever you were on the road and you got that chance to be in the shop you know for a day or so was that kind of like a break for you or was it more of a Oh God, I got to come in and do this. No, I, I don't like being out on the road. I never did like it. I did it for 10, almost 15 years. I hated it. I hated parking. I hated um, being cold. I hated being hot. I hated all that. I hated getting my hands dirty. Uh, I we, hated, know, we know you don't like to mess up your manicures. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I hated, uh, well, in, in Atlanta, Tim can attest to this. It gets hot, but it doesn't just get hot. It gets humid. Yep. It gets humid to the point where the saturation of humidity in the air is such that you can't even sweat or sweating has no benefit because it just, it does nothing. So I, I hated, hated being on the road. I would love, especially when I got those calls where I first worked at the shop lady, she's going on vacation for a week. Yes. <laughs> Let me do that. Yeah, around <laughs> here, it's like kicking and screaming to have a road guy in the shop. 
And well, well, to each their own. Some people prefer being out on the road. Some people like that, the change of pace. That's why some people are built for institutional settings and others aren't. Yeah. And that's why I've been an institutional locksmith. Oh, I was twice and for years at a time and had no problem with it. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like the balance, I guess, that the shop I work for, you know, provides because, you know, right now we've got somebody out of town and, you know, we're, we're kind of short right now. So it, it's basically one person on the road, one person in the shop. And um, that's kind of a good balance to have because I can say, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm today I'm going out and I'm going to bust ass and do all these jobs in one day and probably get at least two more quick jobs added to me. And that's going to be fine because it makes the day go by. But then the next day I'm in the shop and I'm, I'm air conditioned. You know, I, I have to go outside to warm up and uh, you know, I can snack whenever I want to. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Jeff, you, you said that uh, most of your guys like don't really want to come into the shop um, well, I shouldn't say it because they're always coming back and forth for jobs and getting parts and stuff, but they don't like being in the shop. Gotcha. Yeah. They, they don't like being stationed in the shop for a day. Correct. Correct. Okay. And this is just kind of sidetracked. Um, as a shopsmith, Jeff, do you, do you ever get the longing to like be out on the road all day? No. I mean, sometimes, like I said, it's nice to have a break and go out and do something, but I'd, I'd rather have people come to us and deal with this. They're on our turf versus being on their turf. So gotcha. I, I guess I kind of like, uh, kind of like both. I, I like going out because there's the, uh, I guess kind of the feel of independence. I mean, you're yeah. not really independent, but you know, you can go out and, and problem yeah. solve in the field. True. That's how that's how Breck sold me years and years and years ago when well before I got hired, he was explaining his business model. I went, get the fuck out of here. And you make money doing it that way? And he goes, Yeah, make a lot of money. I said, sign me up, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh uh 80% of our work's done in-house, shipped out by UPS. So I mean, I've got a dedicated shop guy plus me. And then there are times where we pull our other guy out from the field when he's not working to come and help him with some of these bigger orders. And uh, I know it's not for everybody and not everybody's set up or will ever be set up for that, but I'm just telling you, man. Uh, but, is there, but is there enough locally that you have a guy on the road all the time? Well, lately with these big projects that I've told y'all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the goal was to start training him everything I know so that he could have somebody under him, but, Mm-hmm. it's just gotten so busy lately where he's out on the road all the time surveying yeah. these big ones and, mm-hmm. and working on these big projects. And he's going to be there for the next two or three months. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, at the place that I used to work, you know, it was like that because it was mostly national account stuff. So they had a room full of people pinning up cores and cutting keys and shipping stuff out. And, you know, they got only had a couple people doing work locally, but I mean, there are some days where I could be, you know, the one thing that I don't like about the shop is that when I have stuff that I need to get done, is the constant interruptions of the counter. You know, if, if, you know, your shop, you have very few people coming in so you can just work on things and, and, and get them done. 
you, you know, you don't have to deal. I mean, yeah, you have the phone ringing, but you don't have people coming in. You don't have to stop what you're doing to go make a car key or any other myriad of things. You know, if I'm doing 20 cores, it might take me two days because I'm not just doing 20 cores. Exactly. And, and Jeff, you kind of make a really good point. Um, you know, I mean, I guess if you're in the shop constantly and having to, you know, help customers who walk in and such, um, you really don't have a lack of things to do. Like there's always a customer at the counter. There's always a phone to be answered and, you know, always a car key to be made, which thankfully I have not turned to the dark side and started making car keys. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no lack of, of staying busy. Um, Tyler, when, when your shop, when you guys are kind of all caught up on everything and you don't really have that walk-in traffic, and I know you're going to talk about this a little bit next, but, you know, do you guys just sit around and watch home improvement all day? I watch, I watch wrestling. I'm currently watching raw from the nineties reliving my childhood, but yeah, we just, you act like you, you act like he doesn't do that anyway. Oh, I've got a TV right here next to me that I watch all day. Yeah, we just hang out, and and that's that goes back to the way things were with Breck, where you hit lulls sometimes, but you don't stress about it. I mean, we were dead all of April, didn't do shit for April, and now over the last two three weeks, we've got a quarter million of work. So it's like you don't stress, and when you got nothing to do, everything's caught up, everything's clean, everything's organized. You know, inventory's done. You just you just sit around. What can you do? What else? I mean, you can be proactive. You can go cold call, but uh, I'm not going to put anybody through that because I've cold called before and it's a it's awkward and it's a pain in the ass. It's not pleasant at all. So you just sit around. You wait for the the work to come back in because it inevitably does. Yeah, and this time in spades. But yeah, I mean, we weren't so pressed and we weren't the the bank account wasn't so low. It was like you know, we got to get out there and make money this week or we're going to go broke. So it's just like, you know, enjoy the time off because it's going to heat up. It always does in June because uh, a lot of commercial and even government budgets are broken up by quarter. So they exhaust Q1, Q2, Q3 starts in June and then shit pops off and all hell breaks loose, which is what we're dealing with now. So, so just, out of curiosity uh, for our listeners, how many walk-ins do you get where it's just like a simple, uh, hey, can you make a copy of my my quick set or my Schlage key for my house? Mm, one or two a year. More so than anything, it's people that found us online, uh, Medico. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story about that in a second. Um, more so, it's Medico. And people are saying, uh, I need a copy of this. And a lot of times they'll bring in the card and it'll be for something like a G3 or even an 04. And I'm like, well, you got the card. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut it right now. So more so Medico than Quickset or Schlage. And then the second thing I was going to tell you what I was alluding to just a second ago, and I may have told you all this. Uh, I got a call from a guy in New York saying, I've got this hospital that wants to go to Medico. It's got 12,000 cylinders, cores, whatever it may be. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. He goes, uh, so what's the deal? Do I just like, I buy them from you guys and you guys will come up and install them. And I was like, well, we don't go to New York city. 
number one, we don't have a license. Number two, we're not driving that far. And I was like, uh, I would call Medico. And he's like, well, I thought I did call Medico. I Googled Medico and you were the first that came up. I was like, no, I'm not Medico, but here's the number. <laughs> so I, well, I, re I redid our site years ago. And I, I guess we're coming up on a lot of search strings as far as Medico is related. So that's good to see. Yeah. I mean, we get we get some of those on occasion where somebody has like one of the uh, and you guys can can give me the proper like key way of it. But it's the old um, on the U.S. lock blank. It says Med 6. Um, well, is it original or biaxial? Uh, biaxial or, or maybe maybe original. It's out of patent. You know, they'll come in and say, hey. I heard you guys can make these keys and it's the old med six blank. And they're like, you know, can you make a copy of this? I, I actually had that the other day. Uh, Jason and I are the only two who, who make those copies. So, which we, we don't duplicate them. We decode them and then cut them on the HPC. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, Jeff, when, when you do have downtime, and you know there there aren't phones ringing and there aren't customers coming in um what do you do to make the best of it like i said find something to do organize <laughs> clean restock things write up stuff that needs to be ordered text us yeah <laughs> go on reddit i literally said all this five minutes ago I know. Yeah, another good thing too to do is during that time is to clean your brass for that you're going to scrap I do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I keep this, I already do that. I separate all the key rings from the keys and I have the, and the shavings are separate. I probably clean the key machines too much. The boss gets annoyed, but whatever. We, so, yeah, yeah, we, we do that once a week and I worked part-time for years ago for another locksmith in town, just kind of, and uh, they would clean their key machines at the end of the day, the last 30 minutes were spent mm -hmm. cleaning, which I is don't know how you can only wow. clean them once a week with the volume of keys you cut all the brass gets everywhere. I mean, that's why you cut one high security GM key. You got chips everywhere. You, know, you cut one Medico key on yeah. the uh, Medico machine and you've got shavings everywhere until and you Tim, go home and take yes. a shower. And Tim, for our, for our uh, new viewers, remind uh, what the sound of a Medico machine is, please. It is a vacuum cleaner giving a blowjob to a blender. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, you know, we we kind of uh, kind of touched on a lot of things about being in the shop and and road versus shop here. But you know, you should never count your chickens before they hatch. But you should always count your beans before they scramble. Tyler's going to make some sort of sense out of that up next. I'm not sure how really, but it it sounded good last night when I read the script. I know y'all think we did that in just one take with no mistakes. At least, that's what my job as editor is to make you think. Truth is, we screw up a lot. If you want to hear a portion of it, stick around for the last half of the show. When you have a shop but really don't have any counter sales, what do you do when all your jobs are caught up? I guess the best pastime of anyone who has some sense and a little money is to buy stuff. Sometimes there's a reason behind what you buy, and sometimes it's just for shits and giggles. Oh, boy, isn't that true? I spent $3,000 on time locks this year just to 
add a display to the shop. Uh, but yeah, when 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 you've got a a you got lull time, downtime, whatever you want to call it. Best time is just to prepare for the times when it's not going to be down. It's going to be hot. You're gonna you got a lot of work going on. It's best time to do inventory. And I know there's a lot of ways you can do it, but for us, we you know we just focus on keys and cylinders and cores and like that. So we don't need something like a a software point of sale system that every time something goes out, it's deducted from a inventory or a database on the computer. And you know once it gets low enough, it sends us an alert saying, "Hey, you got to buy that," which is fine for a lot of shops, especially high volume shops for you know your you know. I know of a locksmith in, in Texas that back in the day, they sold over a million a year just in deadbolts, medico deadbolts. So something like that, you'd want, okay. you know, hey, you're getting low on the 03 or, you know, 26D or 10B, whatever it may be. I get that. But, you know, that's a little overkill for us. So what we do, you know, when those times of nothingness are going on is we'll just sit back and and do some inventory. And instead of a point of sale or an elaborate, integration through QuickBooks or Desco or whatever it may be, Field Edge. Uh, I've got uh, Excel spreadsheets for the blanks, for the pins, for the cylinders. You just go back and you you, you count 100 a box. You got to figure 50, 75 in the bin. You just mark it off. And whenever something gets below like 500, eh, it's time to order some more. Uh, Jeff, how, how do y'all do inventory up there? Do you Is it just kind of like, I mean, you we know. order almost every day, so we write it up in the book and it gets ordered. We don't really take an inventory. Um, I mean, there are part numbers in QuickBooks, but it doesn't, it's not accurate. You know, it says we have negative 15,000 keys. <laughs> so know. like, you know, like uh, let's say you, you run through a big job or you're going through a few hundred or something SC1s a day or something. I'm sure you've got hundreds of those on on hand, but when they're exhausted on that job, do you just immediately turn around and order the replacement? Well, yeah. I mean, we would, yeah. I mean, something, when we used to order from Jet, we would have a lot more in stock because we could buy it in bulk. Can't do that anymore. So, you know, we may have to order another box of 250 a day later. I mean, that, you know, we're not ordering one box of 250 at a time. You might order a case of them, but sometimes try not to run out. I guess that's the important thing too, is that a majority of what you all are dealing with are non-restricted or at least quasi-restricted. In other words, you're not waiting four to six weeks to get blank. So if I fuck up on some stuff, yes. Yeah. yeah. But if, well, for a majority of mine, if I fuck up and I'm down to a hundred and I just think to place the order right then and there, I got to hope that hundred lasts four to six weeks or I'm, I'm fucked. Yeah. Tim, what say you? Yeah, I mean, we've had that as well. Um, one of our Medico customers is on uh, one of our keyways, and we ordered, I think it was like 100 or 150 blanks, and it took six weeks to get to us. Uh, you know, our X4 keyway, you know, that has takes a while to get to us as well. We've got six blanks left in the shop right now. And we've had a bunch on order for about the past four weeks. Haven't gotten them yet. I showed you guys where we ordered hemlocks from Medico. Uh, what, back in the 1st of March? And we just got them day before yesterday. 
so yeah some things like that and also because jeff will chastise me if i don't mention it but salto if we don't order salto (laughs) out ahead of time you know depending on where it's coming from and that's the bad thing with them is it might be coming from atlanta but it might also be coming from spain so if we need salto parts and they're coming from spain we have to wait like three months and there's no real telling until we get with our our rep and say, hey, where's this coming from? So I can tell my customer. Two weeks of that is just going through customs. At least. Yeah. Yeah. We were having issues. Um, it was actually last year when I went to Aloha with our peaks place. He said it was going to take like months to get them. And then when we, I don't remember if it was that batch or a different batch, they sent three or 400 with the wrong dealer number. So we used some because we were completely out. And then they sent us, the correct ones and we sent them back but that's a pain in the ass like <laughs> they yeah they they broke our die at medico uh two three years ago and they were like um and we were down to like 200 or something of our most popular key blank which wouldn't be exhausted maybe two three weeks and they're like are you fine without your coining until we can get things fixed i'm like yeah we've got no other choice we can't your coining how you have like the most the easiest coining there is it's three letters yeah, they broke it though. Couldn't they? That should be easy to make a new one. You would think, but apparently not. But yeah, we we just had to tell them. Well, tough shit. We're just gonna have to go with this run. It was about five hundred blanks. We were like, um, we're just gonna have to go with it without that coining. So there's five hundred of our keys out there with our customers that don't have our coining on it. Hey, the rarest just- of rares. Yeah. So it's it sounds like that Tim's kind of in the middle. Uh, and and to some regards, so is you as well. So so is me. So is you as well. Oh, I'm starting. But yeah, it's like uh, for somebody like me that's you know 99% high security. I've got to be on top of it, or at least future cast it, because I've got four to six weeks before I get that. So I turn around, I do a huge job, and then all of a sudden I got to place an order again, where you know I'm basically, you know, I made 100% profit on it. Now another 50% is gone, just replenishing that because I've got to get it back in stock, have it on hand for the next big order. And, you know, it lowers down as you go right. out. But yeah, I mean, it, it, to be fair, it doesn't matter what the profit is if you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, it could be, it, you know, it could cost you nothing. But if it takes three years to show up. Yeah. And sometimes it happens, especially with some of our government clients. They're like, you know, I need this right away. And you're like. Well, you're ordering hundreds of one thing. Um, yeah. Oh, you're, you're going to wait four to six weeks anyway from, from the factory. Uh, hold your horses. Hey, Tyler, do you want one? of? I got from uh, while we're showing. I got this is uh, I don't know if we, you have one Hager H1 keyway. Yeah, I've got a whole Hager kit. Do you do you have a core? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've got to leave that in, Tim. Leave that interruption. in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I might need an extra blank though. If you, yeah, I, I, I will add earlier this year, uh, we had a commercial customer that's a mixed business and residential type of development, and we rekeyed them. They're on Sergeant LA. And uh, we, when we got the call from them because they lost a copy of the great grandmaster key to the whole property. And 
we've, we've serviced them for years, but uh, anyway, we got that call and in anticipation with that call, we ordered like, I think it was a thousand blanks, you know, LA blanks, even though we knew we were going to need like between five and 600 total, we ordered a thousand just so we wouldn't completely deplete our stock for our other customers who were on LA or people who came into the shop needing LA keys. And it was a good thing that we did order that many because one of our key machines kind of went off the rails. And before we realized it, we had made 500 copies of one common change key and they were all completely off and unusable. So those 500 copies went into the recycling bucket. That's long, awesome. yeah. Along with some tears, um, we hand cut every single one after that, basically. Hmm. Yeah, it's a bitch to be in the restricted high security keyway business because, like I said, I mean, as we've all said throughout this, is that you've got to you've got to stay on top of things and you're going to eat it. I mean, it's a big upfront. I mean, when I buy 500, I don't have one in front of me. They're over there, but I've got. Um, when you buy 500 key blanks, it's like a $3,000 bill and you got to sit on it. You got to pay it because, you know, 30 days net 30, uh, you got to be on top of it. And then you just sit on it until 500 comes in. And then you, you're like, yay, you know, I made $6,000. That's a, it's a hell of a thing to pay. Hold on. I got to sneeze. <laughs> Leave that in Tim. That's going in. Well, we don't know if y'all like it or not because y'all won't write us about it, but we're doing more random questions up next. All right, it's my turn. Random question starting now. First one, what would be your death row meal? Steak and shrimp. Tyler? Yeah, steak, fried okra. Yeah. Mine would also be a rib steak from the Schwitz with garlic and onions. Second question. Would you rather have a fish or a gerbil? Y'all shut up. A gerbil. I'd like a fish because when the, you know, they're inevitably going to die. At least a fish is a little bit easier to take. Yeah, I would also say a fish. We were joking about the, the kid asked the, the boss if he could bring in a goldfish to have a pet at the shop. He said no. All right, last question. What is your absolute least favorite lock to work on? Ah, uh, fuck. Yale. Anything Yale, because it's so rare down here, and I don't know much about it. I know there's 19,000s and 25,000s key bidding specifications, but, I mean, that's fucking it. And I don't know any of the keyways. I was actually going to say anything Yale residential. Just fuck that shit. Mine would be the garbage from Amazon where you have to tear the entire thing apart in order to uh, rekey it. Oh, we don't even do that. We tell them it can't be rekeyed. That's why we call Jeff when we have Yale. We call Jeff. I'll have you know it's pronounced Yale. Yale. <laughs> Alright, well, I hate calling this feature random questions. You guys should give it a better name. In fact, you should be asking us questions. Send them over to us, huh? You know how. Alright, let's get to spare parts. Will I tell an animal story this week or won't I? That is the question. Tyler, what is your spare part? I'm going to a uh, dinner party slash wedding tonight. Apparently that's 
fashionable now where you don't have a wedding, you just have a dinner party. So I'm going with a bunch of emo kids. Wife, wife sides, not mine. I don't know these people. I'm going to have to say, get, you, have to you are liquor. an emo kid. No, I'm going to have to get liquored up and deal with these types. Good Lord, this isn't at my wheelhouse. Jeff, you? I'm going to a baseball game tonight with uh, the, my college alumni uh, chapter here in Cleveland. Go Who's sports. playing? Go sports. Uh, I believe the Guardians are playing the Houston Astros. Oh, that'll be a good one. But back in Springfield, Colorado, in May, a man got in trouble with the police for attempting to switch places with his pooch after he was pulled over on suspicion of drunken driving. Man was doing 52 in a 30 mile an hour zone, and while the officer was approaching, tried to switch his dog into the driver's seat and himself into the passenger seat. Needless to say, he got caught. So that's it for spare parts, Jeff. Take us on out of here. As always, if you have any hate mail or love letters for us, please write them on a coconut and email to the three tumblers pod at gmail.com or tag us on Twitter at three tumblers pod. Our executive producer is tall Tyler J. Thomas. I am your technical producer, Jeff Moss. Our writer and editor is twisted. Tim Coleman. Our travel agent is Lois fair. The three tumblers sleep clinic director is Betty Baya. And our chief legal counsel is Hugh Lewis Dewey of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, otherwise known to the bums in the alley behind Jacob's Field as Huey Louie Dewey. Don't buy Yale. Drinking with emos. Three Tumblers Pod. This has been a Three Tumblers production, Season 1, Copyright 2023, All Rights Reserved. Find this episode and others wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, shit, I don't like that. What, what I said? No. Being in the shop. <laughs> I thought I had a burp. In the shop all day Monday, which means I'll be texting and sharing memes and posting reddits all day. So, no mess? No, DVDA, double vaginal, double anal. Domestic violence, dumbass? <laughs> yeah, he's the... All right, whatever. Hold on, I gotta sneeze. <laughs>